Hello friends, my name is Dev and I'm a book reader. We are reading book Tell Me a Story, edited by Ravindra Singh. Today we are going to read the story End of the Tunnel by Krishnesh Jana. Honestly, I never imagined I would be opening this leaf from the book of my life ever again. It was presumably buried deep beneath the misty wheels of what everybody calls memory. But there are some incidents that at the sudden mention of certain words shoot back as a colorful kaleidoscopes right before your eyes and then change very slowly to calm and clear images. The images I saw were not so clear, but for a moment I could smell the strange aura of grievance around me, which was an extraordinary case of deja vu. The smell brought me tears. I was a 14-year-old kid then, and I barely knew anything other than my parents, my home, my school and the ice cream man at the gate. It was just another dull afternoon. My school van halted by the lane to my house and I sprinted towards the newly painted gate and saw my mother waiting for me. I opened the gate but she hardly noticed the sound. That was something I experienced for the first time in my life. She could never have been so preoccupied, but was she was so deeply absorbed, absorbed in. For a moment, I started at her blankly, and the next moment, it struck me like a massive lightning bolt. I walked towards her. She suddenly turned around. Her eyes were swollen. I managed to ask, "It is about Uncle." She did not reply, but I saw the terrible confirmation of my fears trickle as callous teardrop down her cheek. So it's over. He has gone forever. She took my back from me, offered me a dry smile, and said, Come upstairs, your lunch is ready. I did not ask any more questions as I entered the house. I felt a weird silence all around. Even the leaves of trees seemed to hustle with utmost caution. I tried to have a peek into my grandmother's room. My mother pulled me up the stairs. My father was nowhere to be seen. I had my bath. I was not very surprised because I had actually been praying to God for this. When the immense of death steers right into one's helpless eyes, it's better to leave early than to stay a little longer and bear more pain quite unnecessarily. My uncle's cancer was terminal. He never touched a cigarette in his life, in it, and yet it was lung cancer. Fate really knows how to mock itself at times. I was not allowed to visit him in the hospital. He is no longer the uncle you know. 
was the rational answer that was supposed to satiate my uncontrollable curiosity. But from their conversations, I realized very well that my uncle was going through a lot of pain, unavoidable pain perhaps while we all knew what the end would exactly be. I was too naive to understand that the weakness of consanguinity was the only solid justification. Hope was everything then, everything and now he was gone. I ate quietly and so did my mother. When I was going to bed for my regular afternoon nap, I mustered courage and asked her, Where is father? He is returning from the hospital. They are bringing back here. She paused and paraphrased the body. I did not know what to say. He would be ashes by evening and yet I can hear his voice, fresh and alive, still ringing in my ears, calling out my name, with one hand behind him, hiding a storybook for me. After a few hours, I heard a couple of cars reaching to halt out of a gate, but what I heard next shall always keep river breathing in the corridors of our house. I heard a mother howl helplessly, calling out the name of her son, who would not respond. I rushed down and watched my uncle covered in a stretch of white cloth and my grandmother screaming and trying to shake him furiously. It looked like a big pot of suppressed sorrow had suddenly burst open. I had seen this scene a hundred times in movies and TV serials, but seeing this right before my own eyes with my own family members instead of unknown faces was a horrible experience. I could feel my mother's grip tightened around my wrist. She was crying and it was no longer under her control. Come back, you don't have to say this. She kept on pleading, but I did not budge. I had to see. My grandmother was gradually slowing down. Her shadow seemed to relentlessly pull her back on the ground, whispering in her in her ears that no matter, no matter how much she shouted, her son was too far to hear her. A swollen eye seemed ready to close any moment because of temp. Pistus Tillage, they had been suffering. She slowly stopped thumping on her Tetson chest. Gradually, her voice lost its intensity. She placed her head on the wooden cord. My aunts and my father carried her slowly back to her room. She had lost all her energy to resist. Neighbors had already gathered all around. The look on their faces made me think that it was the first time someone had died in the world. No one cared to offer us any privacy. And for me, that was the first death in my life till then. The first untimely death, I mean. I had not noticed that I had been crying too. In fact, quite furiously so, I wiped my tears, looked at the cold, lifeless fingers of my uncle, that were peeking out from under the white cloth. 
I watched my didi, my uncle, daughter, gazing blankly at her father, as if she was seeing something that was impossible to believe. She had not uttered a word, nor did nor did she shed a single tear. All she did was stand like a mannequin and watch her father. Someone had sucked all her life out of her in, in one terrible moment. All that was left of her was slouched. Her mother was sitting at her feet. She was continuously muttering something. I tried to imagine my cousin, cousin's position, and trembled at the thought. I remember, I had silently prayed for her. That evening, my uncle was cremated. My father came back. I felt sorry for him. He talked to nobody. He took a bath and cleaned his belongings with Gangajal as my customary. I was sitting idle, looking out of the window. My mother came and sat beside me. Mother, one day we all shall die. We will, my child. She said and smiled. Now try to forget this. Can you promise me one thing? She looked at me. I continued. You and father won't leave me when I'm still alive, because I won't be able to bear this. Whenever we go, we go together. Nobody has to grieve. For a few seconds, she kept gaping at me, trying to understand what exactly I had been pondering over. She then somehow gathered herself and said, "Death does not give anyone choice or time, child." She hugged me warmly and said, "But we can fight death for you. I promise." A sudden shade of relief ran across my face. She she shot again. This place we live in, it isn't nice at all, son. Your uncle has left an ugly place and is on his way to a much more beautiful and serene one. He will be flying with the birds, dancing with the flowers, shining among the stars. He just completed a long, tiresome journey. Let him rest now. I looked at her and asked her, "Can I go?" and meet her she knew who i was referring to she nodded i slowly walked down to my grandmother's room and watched her like a stone statue looking at the lazy rotation of the fan blades lamp in the small wooden temple was still unlit the gods were smiling at in the dark i crawled up to her bed and sat beside her She had drifted away to some place far from the swirl it seemed. She mumbled to herself after a few minutes, "Why doesn't he take me? So many years I have lived. I had seen enough. Isn't it time for me to leave? What more does he want me to see?" She looked at me when she broke. She was broken to the last bit. Her voice was reduced to a whisper, filled with tremors. I knew if anybody found me sitting with her, I would be pulled out immediately. But I wanted her to talk to someone. It did not matter whether that someone was a 14-year-old grandma. Is it? Isn't it better now? All those medicines, painful injections, 
dreadful treatments all that is over no hope does any good if it constantly fluctuating trauma is at peace now how do we know she actually said this little louder no one knows what happens after that maybe he's just walking now walking without pause with no light on the other side of the tunnel maybe he's still calling out for me i never meant to say anything that would tease out her tears instead of easing her heart i was a child and i did not realize that the mother heart of a mother who has lost her child cannot be eased by the means possible truly what we what do we know of death it's just an end or there more after the end i tried to say something meaningful and decided to stick to my mother's words grandma he has just completed a long tiresome journey let him rest now my grandmother looked right into my eyes it was a strange look something that had left an indelible picture registered in my mind her eyes showed a collage of myriad emotions her soft smile slowly quivered on her trembling lips and she hugged me tightly before bursting into tears again he will be at peace she whispered i replied he will be he will be after that day i had found my grandmother weeping secretly on numerous occasions many a times i had noticed her staring at the framed photograph on the wall as if waiting answers but every time she looked away there was no sign dust in her eyes instead there was an unnaturally calm and peaceful gaze she knew she would never see her son walking towards her with a smile but somewhere deep within she believed he was indeed smiling and watching her she was free from the unbearable suffering that she had gone through watching her son turn into skeleton because of medications she knew all the pain had ended adhering to the almighty's decree in the only option that left with us and by us i mean humans death has no explanation no aftermath it's just an of long tiresome journey but what we choose to see more brightly is that is also the beginning of long and less rest finding positivity in something as dark as death is perhaps the biggest inspiration a human being can achieve why do we fear darkness why can we not carry lights instead of fearing death we shouldn't fear wasting a life for nothing the end should not be on a bed full of regrets with a bunch of people crying and if you're rich a big device by your side showing you your own heart rate gradually ceasing to a halt it must be a moment of most peaceful smile and the heaviest sigh of relief i had learned a lesson that evening if you have come you have to go and you have to go 
live your life in such a manner that you are even more present in your absence that's achievement that's true inspiration even if the death is hard untimely be a good human being the days you have been clinging on to find a place in the hearts not only your loved ones but everyone you know for that place shall never be granted to anybody else because it is only death that can inspire life like nothing else thank you for listening my story